and Brit, Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. Hey, 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 it's the Brad and Brit cast. It's great to be uh, back. We took a one-week little breaky there. Uh, and, and by the way, now that we're back, uh, we're, we're just going nonstop all the way through, well, the next time we take off. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> um, a, lot, a lot of stuff here on the list, unless you want me to, uh, of course, uh, talk about my adventures last week. And I know there is just nothing people want to hear about more than someone else's vacation or someone else's experiences or someone else's going to a concert there's just nothing more interesting than that is there is well there? i'm sure i'm sure you'll weave in some of the stories as we go along yeah i i will say this though uh and, and i don't know what that guy has but uh g- give me a little piece of it rod stewart we saw rod stewart last week wednesday night he's 77 years old and um he still has uh, uh groupie milfs who wow. follow him around the world. Wow. Okay, they're not as young as they used to be, but they still have it going on. And uh, after we saw Rod Stewart, we went across the street to a McDonald's just to get a milkshake or a drink. We just wanted to get out of the place where, you know, it's just too crowded. And so I'm standing there, and there are these three women in these little, tight, green soccer outfits. Soccer outfits for a team in Scotland. I guess this is the team that Rod Stewart is associated with. He supports, so, right? So these these women are in their uh, they're in their they're in their forties, but they're how should we say it fit? Yeah. And uh, everyone was in a good mood. Yeah. And I said, I guess you're. I, I was talking. I, I said, I guess you are huge Rod Stewart fans. Oh my God, they are just they follow him around the country, and, and, and the, the rest of it. And I, I said, Wow, you know, he has like eight kids from three or four different women. So I asked one, I said, would you like to have his next child? <laughs> interested in that? And she says to me, oh, you bet. I'm ready right now. <laughs> I'm ready right now. <laughs> I'm ready right now. Right now. That's my Rod Stewart story, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. My, my, uh, my recollection was that uh, when I saw him at the Greensboro Coliseum 30-odd years ago, he had some sort of tartan Scottish band playing in the bagpipes and the guy was banging the drum before the thing. It was either him or Rowdy Roddy Piper had that. I can't remember. It was one or the other. It was, I can't remember which one of them. Although I, uh, the, the only criticism I have is that at, at the very end, here we go, Queen Elizabeth, her picture up on the... I, stop it. Just stop it. Sorry. All right. Um I got a whole list here. I'm ready. All right. You. I'm ready for your list. All right. Uh, I got your inflation right here. <laughs> um, unfed, U-N-F-E-D, unfed has a new definition. Um, all right. Trump steaks, Trump wine, Trump university, Trump breakfast cereal. Mm. New product. New product. Uh, Kareem versus Kyrie. California and North Carolina on the same decriminalization path today hmm. and Fidelity Schwab, Morgan Stanley, or Kardashian. Wow. <laughs> uh, do the uh, Trump breakfast cereal first. I want to do Trump breakfast cereal. Uh, all right. You, you, you may have heard of it already. It's called uh, uh, Coco Chow. Coco Chow. Coco Chow. Coco yeah. Chow is the slur that Donald Trump hurled at Mitch McConnell and his wife, the former transportation secretary, born, I believe, in Taiwan, Elaine Chow. Uh-huh. So he called her Coco Chow because Mitch McConnell approved some of the Democratic spending bills over the last year and a half with Joe Biden. It's called compromise. It's called government. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, hey, you know what? I think I got. I think I got a clip here. I don't know. Let's see if this one matches up with what I, what I think it does here. I don't know. If this is uh, no, this is a little bit different, but okay. it's it it, it it it's similar. It's about violence and things. Anyway, um, he said that Mitch McConnell has a death wish. Obviously, 
by voting along with Joe Biden. And of course, that's been taken as a threat and uh, not a very veiled dog whistle for people to go out and commit violence against Mitch McConnell, which in Trump's world is a, a legitimate form of uh, political discourse. Right. Here you go from Saturday night. Free speech, crush religious liberty, confiscate your guns, indoctrinate your children, criminalize dissent and even put their political opponents in prison. I think they'd like to see me in prison. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. You know why? You know why? Because they're sick. They're sick people. Right. Sick. Yeah, they're sick people. Sick people. Uh, I wish that that was... It's not like for years and years you heard anybody say anything about trying to lock Hillary Clinton up or anything. It wasn't a chant or anything. Oh, (laughs) funny you should bring that up. You know, Saturday night... And uh, we'd got back from Las Vegas by uh, Friday. And you you decided, I had so much fun in Vegas, I'd like to punish myself for a couple hours. Is that what you did? Is that what your thought was? So so, uh, Saturday, we fired up the old Newsmax. They cover this. Uh, (laughs) They cover all the Trump rallies. It's on your Roku if you have the Roku. Yeah. And... He was in Warren, Michigan, which is uh, outside of Detroit, and he was at some community college convocation center, okay? Yeah. If, if, in case you haven't noticed, and I know you have, the kind of places that Trump does his rallies at keep getting smaller and smaller and, and smaller, right? They, they just do. He doesn't even fake it anymore with the uh airport thing where he pulls up in an airport and it looks like there's a lot of people because it's easy to get to an airport he doesn't even do that anymore he he books these you know third tier little places this one held i believe about four thousand people and there were empty seats there and Hmm. people were leaving early there um and again if you're a big star these days or forever you don't need a warm-up act you think anybody came out before rod stewart in Las Vegas, we saw him land. No, it's fucking Rod Stewart. He comes out there and does his thing, but not Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a whole series of warm-up acts, and one of his warm-up acts on Saturday in Michigan was direct from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Here she is. Yeah. She violated your freedoms and abused your children with her communist shutdowns. All right, she's referring to Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of michigan yes of course they were there purportedly to pitch for the republican opponents to uh, people like gretchen whitmer here you go more marjorie taylor green this is she violated your freedoms and abused your children with her communist shutdowns oh there it is there you go that's what you wanted right come on you wanted it I think that should be a message to Democrats. It should be. It should be, Dr. Pavlov. How about that? And can you believe her husband's leaving that hot piece of ass right there? That's crazy. That, Britt, you know what? We have to draw the line. We should not (laughs) use the personal pain of the breakup of a marriage, which probably involves children, to have fun. It's just wrong. It's just you, you have to draw the line somewhere. You have to draw the line. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, Coco Chow was the slur. That was the slur and the death wish about McConnell. There's the story about uh, Rick Scott, who apparently was on the hot seat on Face the Nation and would not rebuke the death wish. Decided that he would take a pass on that one uh, during Face the Nation. Yeah, right. Well, you know what. One thing we definitely have to do, we, we cannot keep falling for the stories that always follow everything that Trump has done for the last five years. Will you is, repudiate uh, do, blank, blank, blank? It's just it's just it's a waste of time to do that. Uh, it's either I didn't see it. I didn't hear about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Or, um, <laughs> boy, the sky is blue today. Right. They, they have no, by the way, Coco Chow, believe it or not, he just pulled this name out of his ad or just put it together there is someone with that name they are an emerging young chinese oil painter now you know that this has nothing to do with what trump was talking about 
but apparently she actually does have some some uh, artwork that's up for sale here. I see her many thousand. But that, again, um, th- that's sidetracking here from the fact that uh, this was just an attempt to to slur uh, Mrs. Mitch McConnell, who, uh, in her own right, is a corrupt, horrible individual. Oh, but sure. Donald Trump has absolutely no standing or right to to uh, talk about her in, in any. Well, no, at least on you know on January the sixth of twenty twenty one, she immediately resigned. I mean, the guy doesn't just go around slurring women. Let me show this to you for a moment. The big Maggie Haberman book from the New York Times does come out tomorrow, and he's losing his shit, and calling her maggot. Haberman. That's the that's the big slur that he's got out there. <laughs> maggot Haberman is what he's calling her as the book is ready to be published. Yeah. As he has done nothing but seek favor from her for nigh on like 15 years. He's been trying to get up, like get her approval, sit down. With, he is, he's been solicitous of her. He's given compliments to her. But on the eve of the book, that's probably going to do the most damage to him and have stuff that you've never heard before. She's Maggot Haberman. <laughs> Did you happen to see the uh, piece in Politico about her on the eve of the publishing of this book about all of the stuff they, they were talking about, her career and things like that? It's pretty interesting. No, I mean her her reputation stands for itself. It's, this yes. is not. Well, no, this is not. You, this is not a discussion. Not are a discussion. you on the team of she should have revealed this stuff when it happened instead of holding something back for her book? Are you on? Are you on that well, team? Well, in, in general, sort of yes. Except I also buy. I do believe that uh, much of what you see in these books that come out later is, is based on people not willing to talk until they think they're in some kind of safe zone, which is, of course, beyond the administration of Donald Trump and beyond his reach to be able to retaliate in any way. So uh, there very often isn't some kind of time stamp on information that is in these books. And I don't think that much, most, or, or, or sometimes even any of it, was uh, things that they knew four years ago they've been holding back or waiting to write a book afterwards. I think that's that, that's just an easy – and, and by the way, remember, most of what we're reading now about Trump in, a, in any of the books, all that it is is confirmation plus one of things that we either knew, we supposed, we speculated on, and as time was ticking on through Trump's campaign, through his presidency and beyond, I don't think you can think of an example where something would come up, some little nugget, some little anecdote about his behavior or how he treated people or how much closer to the brink mm. of nuclear annihilation we might have been due to irrational behavior. Uh, you can't think of one example of that that didn't turn out to actually be worse than we thought it was at the time. And it would not be possible, I don't think, to assume that these sources, whether it's uh, Secretary of Defense at the time, Mark Esper, that, that they were talking on the side to these reporters at the moment, and said, I'm going to tell you this, but you can't publish it until a year and a half. I don't think that that's the way it works. No, I, I just don't, don't think it is. I think that just everyone is now talking. Everybody's talking. And you know what? The more people talk, the more it's fair to believe that they believe that Trump has diminishing powers of destruction to people's careers. And life. I mean, what, what can he really do? I guess if you're a Republican congressperson, and you're just chicken shit. You're afraid that he'll he'll trash you, or or primary you, or since eight of the ten people who voted to impeach him in the House, they're gone. Their careers are over. See what happens. So may, maybe there's something there, but that's not the whole world. No, the, the whole world is not made up of Congress people seeking re-election or governors or senator or anybody. So there's a whole other world out there of career people people who were in administrative positions or in cabinet positions who have nothing to fear from Donald Trump. So I, I don't, I think that it's just, 
it's it's cheap and easy, and we like cheap and easy around here, don't we, Britt? We like big fans, easy. huge fans of cheap and easy. But the, yeah, it's the, cheap and easy to say why is this in your book now? Now, that's not always true. In the case of say John Bolton, okay, yeah, who undeniably was holding back and not talking to anybody at all after he left. Yeah, and then there were some pretty salacious revelations in his book. That's legitimate. That's le- and by the way, remember that wasn't a reporter. That was him. That was his yeah. writing. He didn't. Uh, uh, he wasn't the subject of a biography or, or anything of the sort. So it isn't always true. It sometimes is true. Um, but I uh, just like when I give a five minute answer to a, a one line question that you ask, Britt. Isn't that great? Well, stuff? no, but there, it's it's nuanced, and I I, I have some uh, you know I, I have some sympathy for people who were like, well, if she would have put this out there, then it would have been instead she. But I I, I think a lot of the stuff we didn't know was from her, and we had plenty to know that he was an awful piece of shit. I, I think that yeah, was yeah right, obvious. right exactly exactly. Oh wow, if I would have known that, I wouldn't have been all in on the Trump train for the last four years. If I would have just known blank. You get, you if, get this. If I would have known Keith considered firing Ivanka via tweet. You get I this, wouldn't have thought he was the great man that I know them to be. You get this dish and it's fifteen hundred calories and you just devour it and then you're like, oh shit, that had MSG in it. I didn't I didn't know there was MSG in there. If someone would have just you know <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. I, and I like I said, I have, I have a certain amount of sympathy. By the way, Confidence Man is the name of the Maggie Haberman book, and you can buy it at the Brad and Brit store on Amazon shop.bradandbrit.com or subscribe to audible which is what i'm going to do and i'll be listening to that whenever it comes available at audible and again you can sign up at shop.bradandbrit.com i think she's a fantastic reporter they said that when he became involved in national politics and when he when he won because it surprised even a lot of people at the new york times it surprised a lot of america they had her do a little briefing for the staff like what are you in for because she had covered him in new york and all of this all the things and she goes you're going to be in for a level of lying that you've never been in for. I know that you think that you've heard politicians okay. lie before. I know that uh, you think that you know what it's all about for somebody to lie to your fucking face. This is beyond that. And and she was a hundred percent right about everything that she said. I, I don't think so, Britt. I think she was way <laughs> off the mark. I think she needs to apologize right now because it, it, it's clear she had an agenda all the way through. Yes. And uh, this is not what a free press is all about. This is why we call them the enemy of the people, Brit. I'm going to go beyond even what you said. It's her fault that we have all of this massive inflation. It's her fault that monkeypox is spreading rampantly across the United States of America. All of this is Maggie Haberman's fault. If she would have just told the truth about Donald Trump, he'd still be in the White House. And she hmm. helped steal the election. All right. Uh, <laughs> I got your inflation right here. Uh Unfed, new definition, California, North Carolina on the same decriminalization pace today. Or, of course, the Fidelity, Schwab, Morgan Stanley, or Kardashian. Let's do Cali and Carolina on the uh, same amount of uh, deregulation there. All right, well, we'll go from west to east just like the wind blows. Uh, In California, Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a bill. They've decriminalized jaywalking. In California, you can cross the street anywhere you want and not get a ticket as long as it's safe to do so. So I don't know whether that means as long as you don't get run over, as long as you make it past all the cars and don't cause a huge accident of people trying to avoid you, you're you're okay. It's called, ready, the Freedom to Walk Act. <laughs> really? Really? Is that what he's calling it? That's great. Yeah, the Freedom to Walk Act. Now, uh, in in California, they're not called state senators. They're not called. They're called assembly, right? Assembly women. So, assembly member Phil Ting of San Francisco, a Democrat, says the officer can stop inside a pedestrian for jaywalking when a reasonably careful person would realize there's an immediate danger of a collision so it's not you know the headline is always more ridiculous than the reality is they just don't want people just running across highways and shit like that um but here's the here's the motive the motive is that jaywalking laws have been arbitrarily enforced in california 
and the tickets, that's right, disproportionately are given to people of color and lower-income individuals who cannot afford the tickets that can often total hundreds of dollars. So, shock. Shock. There you go. There you go. And uh, another rationale for the bill, according to Assemblyman Ting, is that it'll end instances where an arrest or a citation results in violence, escalating into violence. Now, over to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Not the same thing, a little bit different. In Mecklenburg County, uh, they announced today, the sheriff's office did, that they'll no longer pull over drivers for minor traffic violations like driving with a revoked license, having wow. a tail light out, or inspection violations now stop there what percentage of the times where you know we end up seeing this shocking video of people getting killed does the story start well there was a taillight out and they okay you you know the deal here. yeah tragedy ensues yeah so the sheriff's office says that this is part of the uh the cops addressing the racial inequality in Mecklenburg County. I know you thought it was all gone and everything was perfect there. No. Obama but, said he was uh, going to end it. Go. And he, Obama said he was going to end racial disparity and he lied. That's he that's exactly what he did. Well, let, let, let's break down the story because people are going to flip out uh, if they want. Nobody's uh, you know, going to. As they go, oh, you can just drive around and do whatever you want to then in Mecklenburg. That's going to be part of a conversation you're going to have at Thanksgiving with a relative pretty soon. Because of Joe Biden's America, people are lawless. They're allowed to go shoplift and beat people in the head and not get punished for it. Uh, here, here's part of the secret. Shh, don't tell anyone. They don't really have the resources to go around stopping people all the time. You may have heard in terms of hiring law enforcement, it's kind of tough right now. You know what I'm, you may have heard that. The other thing is that it's just the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Department, right? Right. The Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department is still going to stop people and do stuff like that and everybody else. But again, this is going to be extrapolated as Joe Biden's lawless America. You're going to hear that a lot going toward the midterms and throughout because that's so that's that's part of what the story is here, that they just don't have the resources to stop everybody because the little sticker on your license plate is not there, is not in up to date and all that other stuff. That's part of what's going on. But but plus, plus, Britt, since Democrats defunded the police all over the country and there aren't very many left, they're just stretched and they have to concentrate on, on other crimes like looking for jaywalkers. Well, I would assume we're going to track this statistically in the next five years. Gavin Newsom, we're going to see uh, pedestrian deaths go up 158% in California, well, which you will know all what? be Gavin Newsom's fault. By the way, by the way, you're, you're right. They will, they will look at that. They have to look at that. Of course they will. And, and clearly, if that results, they'll have to, to revisit this, uh, this idea. In North Carolina, if you're black, you're 95% more likely to be stopped on the road compared to other racial groups. Sure. Uh, black people, 115% more likely than white people to be searched in a traffic stop to be searched, even though white people were more likely to have contraband on them. Of course they are. Um, and here's what, the, now, now, here's how this is. If you want to be a cynical bastard about this, you can go, well... I guess it's easier just not to stop people than it is to try to encourage people not to be racist. You could probably say something like that if you wanted to be an insensitive dick and say, well, we could train our officers not to be racist pieces of shit, or we could just stop. We we don't want to stop anybody at all. Which one of those are we going to do? Eh, let's just let them go. Not stop anybody. Wow. That, that's, that's such a, that's such a difficult point to have to even think about. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, it's it's just impossible to, to 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 get to where you want to get to, without either saying yeah uh, we can train people to be different and think different and get a better outcome, or we can prevent the worst cases of those outcomes when violence ensues or someone gets shot right. or the person slams the door and starts to pull away at at ninety miles an hour and you get a, get a chase, so. I say, in both cases, let's see what happens. I'm open to it. I yeah. get it. I get it. Because because clearly, the old rules, in many cases, just haven't worked. They, they, they just haven't worked. Um, and there have to be other ways 
to say when someone doesn't renew their registration to get to them besides waiting to put their license plate through the computer and then chasing them down okay and and uh and, and, and pulling them over, which by definition it could be a problematic situation because that person knows why they're being stopped even before mm-hmm. the cop says something, right? And so they're all tensed up. And so I, I say, I'm not a police officer, but isn't rule one to try to turn the temperature down as much as you can? In and general, in yes. Case, yeah. Right. In this case, this is not even turning the temperature down. This is not even putting the water onto the stove. Where you heat it up and have to, it's just, you don't even go there. Let's concentrate on, on, uh, on other things. So I'm, I'm okay with both of them. I'm okay I thought with part of the deregulation, there's a, there's a very interesting story, which is unrelated when you were talking about deregulation in California. Um, you've obviously, as you're watching a lot of football, you're seeing way more of these betting apps like uh, DraftKings and all that stuff, BetMGM, Caesars, because America is getting into legalized gambling. Uh, across the country and california does not have it yet i bet you're surprised to find that out california which would be a massive prize for this industry they're apparently looking at a um, a referendum and it's the native american tribes that have been able to kind of keep things at bay right now because they only want you to go to their casinos to place sports gambling bets in california so they have dueling referenda in california one is we're going to legalize it through DraftKings and FanDuel and all those other apps. And the other one is, nope, you can't do those things. You can only go and bet in person at a casino. Those are the dueling well, referenda in California. While, while I was in Las Vegas, uh, which does have legalized sports gambling. And for for a minute or two place, now, yeah, for a couple well, of minutes. They, you know, they were the only place for, for a lot of time. Uh, my brother Mark was there, too. My brother Mark lives in Southern California. And uh, he's almost as intelligent as I am. Not quite. Not quite. But he's, he's almost. Getting he's getting and there. I, and, and I, wait, I asked him about this. And he says, it's impossible to figure out exactly what's going on in this situation. That, that, you know, because they're spending more money on this than any other campaign ever in Jesus. the history of anything. And Jeez. I'm talking about Senate races, referendum. Gay this marriage is the big one, <laughs> more than anything ever. So what do you think that means? They're spending money to confuse people well, and to trick them yeah. into voting for something that they might not even know what they're doing. And I asked him, well, does voting yes mean no, or does voting no mean yes? Because that's one way they word these, these questions on the ballot, these referendum questions, is they, they use negative language. To confuse people so they vote a certain way and they, and you know he, say, he says i'm not sure he says i don't know i mean he's not paying enough attention to it this should this should this should be familiar to you it is illegal in the states that surround north carolina i don't think south carolina uh, i'm not sure about georgia virginia and tennessee for sure so if you for example uh got on your phone and went to DraftKings and you drove into virginia and you could place your bets and you could drive back to your house in North Carolina. I don't know what kind of addict would do some something like that. But if you wish to do that, you would be able to draft. Um, you could go download the DraftKings app and get $200 in free bets with your first wait, deposit. Wait, so how does the app know where you're located? Uh, it's called geolocation, Brad. The cell phone knows where you are at all times. Well, I turn that off. I'll turn that off. <laughs> Here's another fun fact for you. You didn't have to go to a sports book to bet on football games if you were when you were in Vegas if you didn't want to. You could have downloaded that thing and it sees that you're in Nevada and it goes, Oh yeah, you can bet on whatever I don't you want, want to do right that. here. Brent, I, I like old school betting. I like going into the, the room with the big TVs in there. Yes. And and standing around. Just, that's gonna be lost at some point in time. That's thing. gonna be that's gonna be lost at some point. People are just gonna do it on the phones at some point. You know, they're gonna turn those things into giant restaurants. At some point in time, that's just gonna go away. Why why do you hate? <laughs> why, why do you hate? <laughs> this is all about me. It's all about how I have brought about the ruination of America. I'm Joe Biden. Right. I approve this ad. All right. Kareem versus Kyrie or Fidelity Schwab, Morgan Stanley, or Kardashian. Let's do, uh, let's do Kareem and Kyrie because, again, this is part of the Duke University problem, and uh, I'm glad that Kareem is taking it on head on. 
the story the story coming out last week uh that Kyrie is now I guess this would be virtue signaling kind of that he turned down a hundred million dollars and decided that his freedom and not taking the vaccine was important enough that he would turn that money down. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is uh, stepping up the heat on Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets. He wants sponsors to cancel him, him, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, a famous anti-vaxxer that caused him to miss more than was it two-thirds of the games last year in uh-huh. the NBA schedule for his team, the Nets. Um, he went on Instagram. This would be uh, three weeks ago. And he shared a 2002 video from Alex Jones, famous conspiracy theorist, on the subject of, that's right, the New World Order. Kareem assailed Kyrie Irving's refusal to get vaccinated as a reckless choice, destructive to the country, especially the black community, where he could be, would be, an influential role model. Okay, we can argue back and forth on that, whether he's in it, but okay. Um, Irving doesn't seem to have the capacity to change, but we have the capacity to keep fighting against his brand of destructive behavior. One way to do that, beyond shaking our heads and nasty tweets, is to write to his sponsors and tell them to drop Irving, or you'll drop them. Nike has already decided to probably not renew his contract past this season, but he's still got Pepsi and 2K Sports. His career earnings at the end of this season will have been $230 million. Mm. And here's a quote from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about Alex Jones. He's one of the most despicable human beings alive, and to associate with him means you share his stench. Fucking A, Kareem with another dunk, a skyhook that just nothing but net, right? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. Yeah, so I'm with uh, I'm with Kareem. I'm well, with Kareem. Kareem would be a guy who came out of that, you know, the the great activists of of the sixth, like the Bill Russells and the Jim Browns and those folks and Muhammad Ali. And now you see this asshole who has decided to use his activism, Kyrie Irving, to be a complete dipshit. Right? I mean, that would that would be frustrating to me if I was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> well, um. I guess the the argument on Kyrie Irving's side, his defense would be, see, look now, not such a big deal a year later, right? Mm. Huh? Uh, So, and and I I think the number, if I saw it the other day correctly, 80% of Americans that we know of have been infected with COVID. And you got to remember back at the beginning that that famous argument that was going on between the uh, folks who said, we got to find a vaccine, got to find a vaccine. And then, yeah, within a year, we found a vaccine. But there was that group of, of, of doctors and, and, and scientists and so-called experts who said, fuck the vaccine. Herd immunity is the only thing that's going to get us to where we need to get to. In other words, if enough people, you know, the whole thing with herd immunity, right. enough people have a disease and then have the antibodies after they've uh, not died from it. And if a couple of grannies have to die because of that herd immunity, then fuck it. That's right. God's will. Right. That's what it needs right. to happen. And, and, right. And, and But remember what was backing that up. Since this is an unproven yeah. vaccine right. out of nowhere, and it happened so fast. You can't yeah. develop oh. that. We thought oh. it was going to be for it. And, of course, already that was a bad faith argument because this vaccine was built on a platform that had been around for 10, 15, 20 years. And they just tweaked it appropriately Correct. to point it in the direction of the first version of COVID. And so that was a bad faith argument saying that the vaccine would never be as good as lots of people getting COVID and then becoming immune. Um, it, it, it never made any sense. But now here we are a couple years later, and we really do have a probably large level of, of herd immunity. But look what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. What's the death toll? The total now must be like a million two. 
Well, right. And part of the part we, of the herd still, immunity. We're still, losing, we're still losing a couple thousand people a week. Yeah. With COVID. So, so the the herd immunity thing that's a byproduct. That's at the end of the line. That well, eventually happens, but it can't be. It can't be a policy at the beginning. You can't. You can't possibly. It's also believe that. It's a buzz phrase that people don't understand. Getting vaccinated is not counter to herd immunity. It's part of the plan. It's part of the, the, the strategy. Science plays a part in this. And it has with you and I are, Jesus, uh, what are we, five shots deep, you and I, into this thing? Yeah. Now, is that, and that's what we're doing. And by the way, I'll, I'll get another one. If they want me to, get, if, if they say, well, you need to get this one next year, you know what I'm fucking doing? I'm rolling up my sleeve and I'm getting a shot next year. No. No, no, I'm I'm done. In fact, my my slogan is, "I got five and I'm still alive." <laughs> I'm I'm wow. happy to do it. I mean, the bivalent thing. I when I got the the most recent one, I got I got the flu vaccine in one arm, and I got that one in the well, other arm. I really didn't have any uh, after effects this time around. From the I, I don't have this story in front of me. Yeah, uh, but I read it. I read it yesterday. Um, there is a guy down in Florida in the area affected by the hurricane. I believe he's in the Coast Guard and he swam some ridiculous distance to save someone, save somebody's life, an old an elderly person. A very heroic move. It's just it's what the Coast Guard does, right? Yes, They're yeah. in the business. And this guy has been scheduled now to be thrown out of the Coast Guard within a few weeks because he's refused to get vaccinated. And that was part of what they told everyone they had to do. You got to, and they gave them an unlimited amount of time. It seemed, I mean, here we are in October of 2022 and this guy never would get vaccinated. So they gave him some kind of notice. If you don't get it by X date, you're gone. Um, And I guess there's some kind of an outcry. Well, why are you throwing this guy out? Why? Look now, look at the way it is. Well, his argument was you cannot force a person to get a vaccination, have something put into their body against their will. Check me on this, Britt. How many vaccinations do you think that a person who enters the Army, the Navy, the Marines, the Coast Guard, or the Air Force has to get for a multitude of other diseases particularly if they're going overseas the answer is a lot not to mention how many you got as a kid and i got as a kid and we all had to get in order to go to school so that's the perniciousness of this whole argument which is wait you've decided this is the one vaccine yeah this is the the history of the world and your life that is a plot that you refuse to be a part of it this is just political culture war bullshit Mm-hmm. And it has been all the way through. It, our friend, it just, uh, it's just, our, we talked about this. Our friend Bryant Williams a couple of years ago was talking about his experience when he was went into the United States Navy, received, and they just lined him up and they just boom, boom, shot, 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 including something that he described as cold peanut butter injected into your ass. So yes, for a long time in the United States military. Excuse You've me. Not, excuse me. What? What is that again? I think that was. Uh, I think that was extra. And aside from the number of required vaccinations he was given, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just something that you said that, that sounded like fact, I needed to investigate it. Now that I think about it, I believe that was just shore leave. I don't even think that that was part of the program of him getting, Brit, getting it. Brit, I just have one question: chunky or creamy? <laughs> Choosy mothers choose Jif. Uh, so, yes, for the longest time, anybody who was ever in the United States military, they just line you up and you take the shot. And you're not like, no, 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 no. I am a free man. And you're standing there like Denzel Washington in glory or some shit trying to prove, uh, you know, whatever. How is how is that not right wing virtue signaling? If you're Kyrie Irving, I have turned down a hundred million dollars. I am a great person and you suck. I mean, how is that not that? Now, now, Britt, to be fair, uh, 12% of NBA players died who got the vaccine. 12, but you don't hear about that, do you, Britt? 12% of NBA players. And, and that's about 110 players. I mean, it's unbelievable. So Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, 
Let's uh, we can do inflation or unfed before we finish up with the snack dessert that is Kim Kardashian getting her well, ass they're related. They, they're actually related. Let's do it. Let's do those together. Um, here you go. The the uh, the numbers are are like this right now. Uh, lendingclub.com, lending club, with the numbers here. Sixty percent of Americans now living paycheck to paycheck. And uh, wow, that that that's high. A year ago, it was fifty-five percent. Uh, even people who are rich, high-income earners, are now living paycheck to paycheck in greater numbers than you might think. People over a hundred thousand dollars. Forty-five percent of those people say they live paycheck to paycheck. Uh, a year ago, it was still thirty-eight percent of people making over a hundred grand, living paycheck to paycheck. Now, what that signals to me is that spending overall, just in general, is about to fall off a cliff because every month as inflation goes up and things that are not subject to whatever the interest rate is by the Federal Reserve, like hamburger or lots of goods and services. They're just, Federal Reserve can't, can't touch those with interest rate hikes. But they can, ultimately, if they cause enough people to stop spending because they're living paycheck to paycheck, and eventually living paycheck to paycheck will wear you down if you don't have any savings. They had savings two years ago when free money fell from the sky. They had a lot of that. That's all gone away now. They've all spent that. So to me, this is a, it's a difficult story to, to hear that, but it's also indicative of the fact that whatever's going on in this economy, which you can't see in front of you all the time, it may be working better and more quickly than we thought. These interest rate hikes, even if they haven't actually taken effect psychologically, they start to fuck with you. Yeah. And uh, when you see that, even if you're not buying a house right now, you go, oh, shit, mortgage rates are seven? Yeah. Well, I'm glad I've got one for three. I'm, I'm staying put. I ain't doing anything. I ain't buying a house. I ain't moving. So they're, they're freezing the economy. They're putting brakes on it by doing that. Um, and that's going to be difficult because that's going to mean eventually businesses are going to start firing people and laying them off because they're not going to be doing as much business. I will tell you this. Here's my anecdotal inflation story of the day. I was in Home Depot yesterday because I had to buy a $2.95 bolt for, for, for our, you know, the Ottoman we've had in our yeah. forever. Sure. The, thing, the, thing fell out. the thing fell apart. And I was able to fix it. $2. That's a deal. That's that is a, a deal. deal. The guy Great helped deal. me. It was great. Some guy in a some kid in China was whipped to death to make your two dollar and ninety five cent bolt. I hope you're happy. Boy, you can ruin every. You can kill every story. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking through just to check things out, and I walk down the aisle with the grills because about a year and a half ago, back when just people were spending lots of money on stuff, yeah, I decided. I'm going to buy a new Weber grill. Mine was at least 10 years old and it started to have some rust holes in it. Sure. Probably not a good idea to have hot coals falling through your grill onto your wooden um, deck. (laughs) Sounds unwise, yeah. And back then, if you know your Weber grills, a lot of people do. A lot of people have them. They know that the basic one, uh, a couple years ago, it was about $110, $120. Sometimes it would bump up to 130, 140, depending on where you bought. And then they had a second level version of it that had a little thing on the bottom to catch the, the dirty coals. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. And it was like 190. Okay. So I'm walking through Home Depot yesterday. That cheap one, that cheap one is now 245. It's that's about a, what a 70% hike yeah, in a year and a half on a on a commodity item, really. That's I mean that's just off the ch- and the expensive one was like two eighty. Okay, so I mean that isn't eight percent inflation, Britt. That, that's not nine percent. That's off. Th- that's just one item, one moment, something that I know the price of. Um, 
And until that kind of stuff stops, um, and, and it has to, because who's going to buy that at that price? I can, I, you know what? I'll put duct tape on my old grill and live with it for a while before I'll pay that much money. That's my anecdotal inflation story. I bring it up in the context of the title of the tease here, which is uh, unfed. Unfed as in United Nations and Federal Reserve. Here you go. The uh, Federal Reserve is being attacked by the United Nations saying, stop raising interest rates. Stop raising interest rates because you are destroying the world. People can't afford anything because you are raising interest rates. In other words, the UN usually doesn't get involved in domestic Federal Reserve monetary policy. I don't think they've ever done that, but they're saying it now. And uh, it's, uh, it's quite a stretch. It's quite a move by them to uh, even talk about that as if the Federal Reserve is going to respond to what they say over at the U.N. about what they should do and, and what they shouldn't do. I just find it's just one of those little things that's kind of out there. Um, it's just something to, uh, something to, to you know, take with you and carry around and, and think about. The whole world pays attention to what we do and what happens here. You know, we sneeze, the whole world gets a cold. We get that. But uh, there's the U.N. sticking their nose into uh, our interest rates. And, Britt, you know, the people who set interest rates here in this, they know way more than we do. They're very intelligent, Britt. They seldom make mistakes. Britt, they know nothing. They don't know shit. They make mistakes. And uh, the U.N. has every right to weigh in and just mention to the fact, mention the fact that uh, when interest rates go up, it does hurt poor people. But the other side of that equation is, you know, it hurts poor people even more inflation. So, you know, there's no end to the, there's no end to the discussion. So. Uh, now the, the guy who used to be on our show all the time, who has the crazy ass blog, he says that uh, what you're seeing now with inflation, this is just the wages for stealing an election. Oh, stop it. Greg, is this a Greg Hunter? Thing? <laughs> it's a Greg. Yeah. That's what you're seeing right now. That's why you're paying. because Joe Biden stole the election. Okay. If you hadn't stolen it now, God is punishing you with high hamburger meat prices. So there suck on that bitch. Wow. Yeah. Stop that stealing was, elections. You, you, uh, you hurt me with that one. Uh, you hurt <laughs> my brain with that one. Kim Kardashian getting her uh, shapely ass smack. Now, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of Colin Cowherd. I download his podcast uh, and listen to it almost every day. Uh, he has been sycophantic and terrible over the past week because he actually had some sort of dinner where he sat, quote unquote, next to Kim Kardashian and was so smitten and telling so many stories that he went off and described her as being happily married. That's how stupid this guy is. Uh, Kim Kardashian, meanwhile, in the news today because she uh, has agreed to quietly pay a fine and, and uh, over crypto, correct? 1.26 million yeah. because she was posting Instagram endorsements of Ethereum Max, which, by the way, you know, I, I was going to drop Netflix and get Ethereum Max. They have a great lineup. of. No, I'm sorry. It's not. No. A, I, I, ha I was constipated and I drank some Ethereum Max. It cleared it right up. It was good. They're called it's called Emacs among the uh, crypto literary. Um. She was touting, you know, crypto shit to people that, that follow her without disclosing that she'd been paid a quarter of a million dollars to endorse that. And that's against the rules. She did have a hashtag that said, you know, hashtag AD, hashtag ad in the text. And the Securities and Exchange Commission ruled not good enough, not obvious enough. And, you know, I get they have these rules on all this kind of shit, but I, you know we all saw for a couple of weeks there the um, uh, commercials during the Super Bowl. The, you know the two that stick out are LeBron James and his kid, and yeah. the Matt Damon yeah. commercial for Crypto.com that ran during the Super Bowl. And did I miss something? Do 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 you recall during those commercials those people saying that they had they were being paid? to endorse those 
products. Well, it's um, implied if you're on a commercial for somebody on the Super Bowl, you didn't just show up and all of a sudden, hey, let me get a camera. I mean, I think that's all right. Well, but wait a second. Wait a second. Um, why is that not as bad or worse than Kardashian posting on Instagram and putting a hashtag in there? Um, what? Why is hers that much worse? Uh, people are people are kind of dumb. They think that when she's talking about a, a fantastic new protein shake that she just discovered, it's kind of like Oprah's. Uh, these are my favorite things. When Oprah would Oprah would do that quarterly, and people would think that somehow she just stumbled across that and wanted to tell America about it and wasn't getting paid in some way, shape, or form but, about that. But but you have to turn this around. If she did a TV commercial mm-hmm. for the same product, but mm-hmm. didn't say within the commercial. I'm being paid for this. You would say, according to the rules, because it's implicit and implied that if you're um, touting something on a TV commercial, everyone mm. knows you're being paid for it. I, you know, and as you know, I'm not a huge Kardashian fan. I'm, I'm not. In fact, I've never seen the show. It's you should see it. It's really great. Before. There's nothing wrong with right. that show. It's wonderful. But, but you know, there's something. And again, remember, 1.26 million to her is like five cents to you right. or me. It doesn't mean right. it's tokenism. Um, but, I mean, I mean, is, is that, are we going to be protecting the public from their own stupidity if she actually says, I've been compensated for saying this? You're correct in one thing. Is there anything that a Kardashian has ever done since the night O.J. Simpson killed his wife, and Ron Brown, is there since the word Kardashian came into the vocabulary, is there anything that they have done that hasn't been to make money? No. Again, that doesn't excuse this, but I'm just saying. No. So um, no, it just seems like a it's like an arbitrary rule. It feels like an arbitrary rule. Well, we, we certainly our thoughts and prayers are with Miss Kardashian as she goes forward. Uh, yeah. Is there going to be a fundraiser? Is there is there a uh, GoFundMe page for that? What you, aren't they worth like a bill? They're worth over a billion dollars, aren't they? Yeah, I'm sh- yeah, absolutely. You can I jaywalk. Mean, well, it's it pretty good that the Kardashians are richer than the Trumps. Oh my God! Yes. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah, but her. I mean, her ass is not as big as his, but still. Yeah, but it's <clears> assets. <throat> oh, oh, did I? I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. I feel badly. <laughs> 